Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, And as the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled, they were all together in the same place. And suddenly there was a sound out of heaven, as of a rushing, violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. One of the pivotal events in the history of God's move on earth occurred on the day of Pentecost. The believers were filled with the Spirit, and the church, as the body of Christ, was ushered in powerfully. Join us for the next 30 minutes as we focus on another marvelous life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. And once again today... We bring short recorded portions of the ministry of Witness Lee from the Life Study of Acts, and we have Ed Marks with us to discuss Acts chapter 2. Ed, thank you for being here. Well, it's a real privilege to be back again for this marvelous Life Study of the Bible, and I think we will see a a tremendous revelation uh, from the book of Acts. Ed, we're going to see a marvelous view today of the filling of the Spirit that took place on this day of Pentecost that we're talking about. But we are also going to see another filling that took place in the Gospel of John in chapter 20, verse 22. As we have pointed out on previous programs from the book of Acts, we will hear these two terms today, essential and economical. We can't overemphasize, we need a good understanding of these two terms to be able to really get into the book of Acts, don't we, Ed? Yes, Chris, these two terms are very crucial for our understanding of the Spirit in our experience. In John twenty twenty two, the Spirit is likened to breath. It says that the Lord breathed into the disciples, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit is likened to breath. At that time, the Spirit, Christ as the Spirit, breathed himself into the disciples, and the Spirit is now indwelling them as breath for their spiritual being, their spiritual life, and their spiritual living. This is the essential aspect of the Spirit, the Spirit as our essence for our living. But when we come to Acts 2, we see that something else occurred on the day of Pentecost, and you read these verses at the beginning of the program. This is the Spirit as a rushing, violent wind coming upon the disciples. Well, this aspect of the Spirit is the Spirit as our clothing. If you look in Luke chapter 24, the Lord told them to tarry in Jerusalem until they were clothed with power from on high. So in the one aspect, the Spirit is in us as breath for our life and living. On the other hand, the Spirit comes upon us as wind, as clothing for our ministry, for our work, 
and for our move with the Lord. This is the economical aspect of the Spirit to accomplish His eternal purpose. One Spirit, two aspects of the filling. We can be filled essentially for life, and we need to be filled economically for work, for power. Let's join Witness Lee Ed with the first portion of our life study today. The Spirit of Ascension Power poured upon the disciples is symbolized here by the wind. For the disciples ministry and move economically. The essential spirit of resurrection life is for the believers to leave Christ. The economical spirit of ascension power is for them to carry out his commission. That is the difference between the breathing in John 20 and the blowing in Acts 2. The breathing in John 20 is to uh, impart the life-giving spirit into the disciples essentially for their spiritual being and for their spiritual living. But the blowing in Acts 2 is to pour out the economical spirit of power upon the believers who have received the essential spirit already into them. And this bring out is not for their being, not for the living, but for the ministry and for their move. You have to differentiate these two things, then you can understand the Gospels and the egg in the right way. Yes, blowing of the wind is very close to the breathing of the breath. But breathing is not blowing. You have to differentiate these two things. The breathing is for life. The blowing is for what? For power. In John 4, in John 7, you all could see this spirit of life in resurrection is our drinking water. But in Luke 24, this economical spirit is likened to what? To a cozy. The Lord Jesus there says, Luke 24, 49, you wait till you be clothed with the power from on high. Drinking water is for our life inside. And closing is for what? It's for our duty outside. Policeman putting on his uniform is not to quench his thirst. To put on the policeman uniform is for duty. Suppose I'm a policeman. I got a lot of a drink. I'm ready to be a policeman, just wearing my underwear, no uniform, then I stand on the road and give orders, nobody listen to me. Regardless whether I have the water within, that doesn't mean anything. As long as I have the uniform, they all have to respect me. Drinking is within, clothing is without. That was a fact accomplished. The divine bread, that is the consummation of the triune God, reaching his people. 
Ed, this is a critical distinction, that the filling that took place in John 20, and you referred to this in your introduction, it's fundamentally a different thing than the filling in Acts 2, though, as you mentioned, there's just the one Spirit. I think we need even a little more help with this distinction. As we have pointed out in John 20, the Lord breathed into the disciples. That word into is critical. He breathed into them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for spirit is pneuma. He said, receive the Holy Pneuma. Even pneuma can be translated breath. So when the Spirit comes into us, he comes into us as the holy breath for our life and for our living and to make us spiritual men, spiritual beings. This is the essential aspect of the Spirit. To carry out God's move, we need to be clothed with the Spirit. And this is what took place in Acts 2. The Spirit came as a rushing, violent wind upon the disciples so that they would be not merely filled inwardly with the Spirit, but filled outwardly with the Spirit, clothed with the Spirit as wind, so that they could be one with the Lord to carry out his economical move. We become the Lord's heavenly, divine, and mystical policemen to exercise his authority to preach the gospel, to baptize people into him, and to make people the kingdom people. Now, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, uh, I would just say is an excellent verse on the two aspects of the Spirit. This verse says, In one spirit we were all baptized into one body and were all given to drink one spirit. Well, this verse speaks of our being baptized in the one spirit. When you're baptized in water, the water surrounds you outwardly. This means when we were baptized in the one spirit, we were clothed with the spirit. But we also need to drink the one spirit. The spirit is also likened to water. This living water that we take into us is for our life and our living. Whereas our being baptized in the spirit, clothed with the spirit, immersed in the spirit as water outwardly is for our ministry and our move so that we can exercise the Lord's authority to bring in his kingdom on this earth. These are the two aspects of the spirit which we need. By faith, whenever we preach the gospel and move for the Lord, we need to claim him as our uniform so that we can exercise his divine heavenly authority. Ed, let's go back to more of Witness Lee's portion today. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate consummation of the process of God reaching his redeemed people. And this transpired particularly in John 20. God was manifest in the flesh, and this God was the triune God. Not one third God, not only Son. But the very God, the complete God, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, this God, the complete God, was incarnate. He became a man, he lived on this earth, he ministered, and he went into death, and he conquered death, and subdued death, and he came out of death in resurrection. In resurrection, he became the life-giving spirit. I fully realize this 100% 
against the traditional tricism. I have the truth in my hand. Two plus two is four. I'm shouting. Two plus two is four. If you say no, that is three point nine 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 nine. Still, you are wrong. No one can argue with me in this matter. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. First Corinthians fifteen forty-five. If you remember John one fourteen, you should also remember First Corinthians fifteen forty-five. John one fourteen says, "The Word, who was God, became flesh, and this flesh was the last Adam." In First Corinthians fifteen forty-five, and then this last Adam, in the same verse, fifteen forty-five, became the life. Giving spirit. In this entire universe, are there two spirits that give the divine life? No, never be. Only one. And this life-giving spirit is just the transfiguration of the incarnated Christ. Who was incarnated? The triune God to be Christ at the last Adam. And this last Adam, in resurrection, became a life-giving spirit. And after he was resurrected, on the day of his resurrection, he came to his disciples and breathed into the disciples the Holy Spirit. Who is the Spirit now? Oh, the triune God became the last Adam. Amen. And the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Amen. And who is the life-giving spirit? He is just the consummation of the past triune God reaching you and me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The triune God became the last Adam. And this last Adam became the life-giving spirit. Ed, we have a notion or a concept presented here that likely will be totally new to a good number of our listeners, and that is that the incarnation of Christ was not just the incarnation of the Son of God, but the incarnation of the entire triune God. This is profound and crucial, Ed. What are we saying when we say that the complete God was manifested in the flesh? We need to see that when we speak about the triune God, of course, we're speaking of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And theologically, we need to realize that the three of the Godhead, while they are distinct, while they coexist, they are not separate. We only have one God, but this God is a three-one God, a triune God. So 1 Timothy 3.15 says, God was manifested in the flesh. This God is the triune God. The three are distinct, but they're not separate. We need to see that the three of the Godhead do not merely coexist. They also co-inhere. This word means that they mutually indwell one another. In John 14, 10, the Lord said, Don't you know that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? He told Philip, Philip, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father because the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Even in Isaiah 9, 6, 
It says, a son is given to us, his name shall be called the eternal father. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, it tells us that Christ, as the last Adam, became a life-giving spirit. All these verses show us that the three of the Godhead, while distinct, are not separate, and shows us that the entire triune God was manifested in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. This is a marvelous revelation. Now we need to realize when we receive Christ, we receive the entire triune God. Who's in you? Christ is in you. Who is Christ? Christ is the embodiment of the entire triune God. The New Testament tells us, Ephesians 4, 6 tells us the Father is in us. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 tells us Jesus Christ is in us. And Romans 8, 9 tells us the Spirit of God is in us. Well, who's in us? I'll tell you who's in us, a wonderful triune person. The triune God is living in us believers in the person of Jesus Christ, who is the embodiment of the triune God. This is a marvelous revelation. Ed, we've just spent about six minutes combined your sharing with the portion from Witness Lee that we heard to touch one of the deepest, most profound points in all of Scripture. We can't obviously cover such a topic in detail in that length of time. Let me ask you, can you recommend a book, a resource for those uh, listening today that would really desire to get into this matter? Because as I said going in, this is a concept, an understanding that is no doubt new and is going to challenge a number of our listeners. But we, just before the Lord, would like to just open this matter to his shining, his light, and his word and be bound only by that. Exactly, Chris. And and you know, we need to realize the triune God is a mystery. Martin Luther said, if you can understand the triune God, you must be the teacher of God. We simply need to accept what the scriptures say about the triune God. Say what the scriptures say and don't say what they don't say. A book that I would recommend, and it's by Brother Witnessly, it's called Concerning the Triune God. It's a booklet that Living Stream Ministry publishes, and it's excellent for understanding the truth concerning the triune God in the Holy Scriptures. And I would recommend this to our listeners. Ed, we'll uh, come back at the end of the program, of course, and give our listeners directions on how they can receive that book. Thank you. Let's go back to Witness Lee, Ed, for the conclusion of today's life study. The life-giving spirit is just the processed triune God reaching you and me. Hallelujah. He has raised us. So, on the day of resurrection, the process triune God as the life-giving spirit has been raised into us. Then, on the day of Pentecost, hallelujah, something further that happened. He, as such a spirit, poured himself out upon his redeemed. Not essentially, but economically. For their move. To be their power. To be their authority. To be their uniform. As long as the policeman wears the uniform. He has the power. And he has authority. Regardless how powerful is your car. Your car has to listen to the policeman's authority. But the uniform there is 
the authority. All the 120 policemen on the upper room that day, they were filled with drinking water, but without uniform. So they prayed for 10 days. They prayed for what? To be closed with the heavenly uniform. The Lord Jesus told them in Luke 24:49, you wait till you be enclosed with the power from on high. And they were enclosed on the Pentecost. Peter stood up, everybody was subdued. He spoke with authority because he spoke in his heavenly universe. Drinking water is one thing. The clothing is another thing. One is for living, the other is for moving. Without the uniform, the policeman cannot move. One inch, nobody would listen to him. But for him to be strengthened, he needs the inner drinking. I just like to impress you that you have to drop all the inaccurate teachings you collected in the past. Hallelujah for John 20, Amen. the breathing. And hallelujah for Acts 2, the blowing. The breathing gives us inner strength, and the blowing gives us the outer authority. Now, we are fully equipped. Today, we just accept it. We believe the report, and we take that fact. Where's the report? In the Bible. Where are the facts? Well, these are the facts. In the universe, there are these three facts. Crucifixion of Jesus Christ, the breathing of his spirit of life into his believers, and the blowing of his spirit of power upon his believers. All these facts are here. You may say, well, I don't feel so. Okay. Do you believe the Lord Jesus died for you? Do you feel so? If I ask you, do you believe that the Lord Jesus died for you? You say, yes. You need to be encouraged to have the boldness to say, yes. They all believe three facts. What three facts? His crucifixion, his breathing, and his blowing. Ed, we have come back to our fellowship concerning the two fillings that we started the broadcast with. One inward for life and the other outward for our work. Ed, say something about these two Greek words that Witness Lee referred to for filling and how they very much reinforce the understanding that we're conveying today. Yes, these two Greek words, Chris, are actually in Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. You have both of them used. Uh, in Acts 2, 2, it says the wind filled the house where the 120 were sitting. This is the Greek word pleiru, which means to fill a vessel within. Then if you go on to verses 3 and 4, it says the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the Greek word pleitho, which means to fill outwardly. And we need both of these aspects of the Spirit. And as we have pointed out, the inward aspect of the Spirit, the essential aspect of the Spirit to fill us inwardly, is for our being, our spiritual being, and our spiritual living. Whereas the outward filling of the Spirit 
in which we are clothed with the Spirit is for our ministry and move for the Lord. Even the Lord Jesus himself experienced these two aspects. On the one hand, he was begotten of the Holy Spirit. He had the Spirit in him essentially for his life and his living. But then when he was baptized in Matthew 3.16, the Spirit descended upon him as a dove, and he was clothed with the Spirit for his ministry and his move. You know, daily we believers need to be filled with the Spirit. Day by day, when we wake up in the morning, we should pray, Lord, fill me with the Spirit. And many times, the way we get filled with the Spirit is as we're fellowshipping with the Lord, He shines on us. We're in His light. As we confess those sins to Him, as we say, Lord, forgive me for the way I spoke to my wife this morning. Forgive me for for my attitude toward that brother or toward that person. What happens is we're digging the dirt out of our being. And Christ, as the living spring, has a way to spring up and fill our whole being with the Spirit. The outward aspect of the Spirit is an accomplished fact. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 tells us, we were, past tense, all baptized in one Spirit. Now, the way for us to experience this accomplished fact is firstly, to believe in it. We need to exercise our faith. This is an accomplished fact. I'm in the body. I can enjoy the baptism in the Spirit that's on the body. And for us to experience this, we need to make sure that we always are rightly related to all the members of the body, that there's no problem between us and another member of the body. If we keep a clear sky between one another and we remain in the body life, whenever we go out to preach the gospel or to serve the Lord, we can claim the outward filling of the Spirit as our uniform so that we can exercise the Lord's authority to carry out His move. This is marvelous to me. This is marvelous, Ed. We'll have a program coming up in just a few days on this very topic, that this kind of filling of the Spirit followed the experience of those gathered in that room for 10 days praying together in one accord. Ed, I'm really enjoying this life study of Acts. Uh, Your fellowship has been a real benefit and blessing to us today. Thank you very much for joining us. Come back very soon. I'm looking forward to the next broadcast very much. So am I. Let me remind the listeners of the book that you recommended earlier related to this matter of the Triune God. And that book title is Concerning the Triune God. It's published by Living Stream Ministry. Please call us at our toll-free number. I'll give that to you right now. You can call us at Living Stream at one 888 Life Study. That's 543-3788. And we can make sure that you receive that book if you'd like it. Also, you can request that when you write to us. Let me give you now our mailing address, which is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send email to radio at lsm.org. For Ed Marks today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. 
You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.